You're listening to the Inside the Mix podcast with your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer, and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting, and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing, and mastering music for over 15 years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. If you are a new listener, make sure you hit that subscribe button or follow button on your podcast player of choice. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe and that notification bell so you get notified anytime there is a new episode of the podcast or I release new music. So I don't know if you've ever had this, but I had YouTube playing in the background and out of nowhere, this cover of Hearts Barracuda by Alison Chains and Gretchen Wilson from about 15 years ago just appeared and started playing. And I was amazed. The vocal performance of Gretchen Wilson. Now, I'll hold my hands in the air and say, never heard of Gretchen Wilson before. But obviously, I'm a huge, I say obviously like you know, but I am a huge Alice in Chains fan. Like, Man in the Box is one of my all-time favourite songs. But it started playing, and the vocal was just insane. It was so good. One of the best covers I've seen in such a long time. So, I tip my hat to Gretchen Wilson 15 years ago and Alison Chains for that performance. Go check it out. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll link it. I'll put a link above in this video so you can go check it out. But absolutely blown away by the performance because that is one hell of a vocal to cover. So I've been beavering away as I do, creating various bits and pieces and completing projects for the podcast and synth music mastering. Admittedly, I haven't done any music production in January, but I'm hoping to kickstart that in Feb. Anyway, at this point, I have just finished the 90-day producer boot camp, so I'm recording this toward the end of January. And if you go to synthmusicmastering.com forward slash coaching, you'll be able to find out more about it. And also, whilst you're there, grab my producer growth scorecard, the 28-day challenge, free to improve your music production and mixing as well. I did it, and the result was my EP that I released last December. And also... Another thing, at the time of this going live, I don't think I would have released it yet, but I am in the process of redesigning the artwork for the podcast. Now, I mentioned it a few podcast episodes ago, and it's purely because as much as I like the logo for the podcast, it doesn't really explain to someone what the podcast is about. It could be about cooking. (laughs) It could be about mixing cement, right? So the idea is just to make it more, I hate using the phrase, but SEO friendly. So anybody stumbling across the artwork will immediately know about what the podcast is about. So if the podcast artwork changes, don't panic. Still the exact same podcast, but at some point it will change to be a bit more SEO. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I'm doing air quotes friendly folks. So this episode is continuing what is proving to be quite a popular format for the podcast and that is the listener slash viewer question. So if you're not familiar with this this as your first time listening your question will be answered on the podcast and then forms the podcast episode right. So I want you to be involved in the creation of the podcast episodes the creative process plus you can give yourself a little shout out and the way to do this is to submit an audio message via SpeakPipe And there is a link in the episode description for that. All you need is your mobile phone. You don't need any fancy setup with microphones, etc. You don't even need to have an account with SpeakPipe. You literally just record it, 30 seconds, and record your question. Alternatively, if you don't want to record or have your audio, your voice on the podcast, you can submit a message 
via Instagram at Inside the Mix Podcast, or you can email me inside the mix podcast at gmail.com. Or, as in this episode, you can leave a comment on a YouTube video and I will do the same. But as always, remember to include a link to where the audience can find you online because I want to give you a shout out. So, this episode's question was submitted via a comment on one of my YouTube videos. And the YouTube video is Logic Pro Quick Tip. What's the difference between pre and post fader? And I'll now on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a little link above so you can go and watch that particular video. And the question is, and if you're watching this on YouTube again, I'll have it flash up on screen, but I'll read it out for those listening. So what would be a good time to switch between the two, pre fader, post fader? I'm not certain what's better. So in this episode, I'm going to demonstrate three practical applications of using pre-fader and post-fader sends. So let's give it a go. So if you're unsure of the difference between pre-fader and post-fader sends, go check out episode 125 of the podcast. Alternatively, check out my YouTube video, Logic Pro Quick Tip, what's the difference between pre and post-fader for some examples. So this is an example of using a pre-fader send. I've got my drum kit here, and then I've got an auxiliary send set up with a compressor on it. It's also got a decapitator, it's got a clipper, and it's got the TDR Nova EQ. But I'm interested mostly here in how my pre-fader send level is affecting the compressor and the decapitator. So the pre-fader send I've got set up is going to this drum parallel compression channel. And I'll open the compressor, so the FET compressor and the decapitator. And I've got it set how I want it to be in terms of that send level going into each one of these plugins. And if I play it, you'll see the amount of gain reduction I've got going on, and you'll see the amount of air quote attitude going into the decapitator. Okay, so for the audience listening, that was just under 8 dB of gain reduction on the compressor, and I think the attitude was just under zero on the VU meter there. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to reduce the fader on the drum kit. And because it's in pre-fader, it's going to have no effect on the send level going to my parallel compression auxiliary channel. Thus, it's not going to affect the gain reduction on the compressor and the attitude in my decapitator. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to reduce the level of the drum kit. And once I get to right down to zero, well, once I reduce the level all the way down, rather, of the fader, you'll only hear the parallel compression auxiliary send. So let's give it a go. I'm dragging the fader down. And just to describe those not watching it, it's not affecting the gain reduction on the compressor and it's not affecting the attitude on the decapitator. So that's where I would use a pre-fader send. I've got everything set how I want with regards to gain reduction, with regards to the attitude on the decapitator. And I don't want any fader movements of my drum kit to affect that send level. So that's where I personally use pre-fader sends. So this is another little trick you can use with pre-fader sends. If you've got a vocal that you really want to push back and absolutely swamp in reverb and get like a really pronounced reverb effect, really push it back so it's really distant. I say really a lot there. You can do this. I've got this whole reverb and I've got it in pre-fader send. I've got my vocal at zero on my um, channel strip here. And I've got my whole reverbs also at zero as well. I'm using the Valhalla reverb. I love that reverb. I think it's so good. I've got a nice smooth plate reverb going on here. 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to reduce the fader of the vocal on this track and it will gradually just push it right back to the point whereby you've just got the reverb. So let's give it a go. Feel high by your side, our souls align. I'm dragging it down. Now at the end there, it was left with literally just the whole reverb. So, I mean, there's more than one way to do that, but this is just one way. So if you wanted to have that sudden effect in a song where you push the vocal right back, you could automate the channel volume just down so you can push the vocal back and then that reverb is this, then just swamping it. And that's using a pre-fader send. So this third example is now gonna be using a post-fader send. And this is what I would usually do with a vocal or any instrument where I've got time-based processing and I'm bussing channels out to it or tracks out to this auxiliary channel with this time-based effect. In this instance, it's the same vocal with the same hall reverb, but I've got it set in post-fader. And the way I've got it set, it's about minus 11, minus 12 in terms of send level going out to this hall reverb but it's set so it's just complementing the vocal. In the entire mix, it's just sat underneath. And what I don't want to happen is because I automate volume of vocal throughout a track, and I'll automate the volume of the, or rather the send going to the reverb as well throughout the song. Uh, I use automation a lot. We're controlling performances throughout a piece. I'll be amazed if there's a song that has no automation, but correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, so what I don't want to happen is like I showed you in example two is that when I automate the volume down that reverb then just swamps it I want the reverb to kind of like the level I've got and how it's set to sort of not stick to but it's yeah in a way it is it's, it's married to it's sticking it's relative let's say it's relative to the vocal track the vocal volume so you'll see what I mean so I'm going to play it and I'm going to bring down the vocal track fader all the way to zero and you'll hear the the reverb as well will then Diminish too. So let's give it a go. There we go. You can see it's a much more balanced mix in terms of vocal and reverb compared to what it was before. So give it a go, folks. Switch between the two. See which one works for you. And like I said, with example two, if you want that really pronounced effect to push, push an instrument back in the mix, maybe a pre-fade descend is the way to go. So there we go. Three practical examples of using pre and post-fade ascends. So just to summarize, Personally, now everybody's different, right? But personally, I use pre-fader if I've got something like compression, some sort of dynamics going on, some sort of dynamic processing, right? And then I'll use a post-fader send for things like time-based effects or any other effects that I'm going to be applying to a track or some audio. To discover another practical example of using a pre-fader send, check out episode 125 of the podcast, what is parallel compression in Logic Pro? Three compression settings for vocals where I go through pre and post fader sends again. And if you have a burning music production or mixing question, submit an audio message via SpeakPipe using the link in the episode description. Remember, all you need is your mobile phone. You don't need anything else. You don't even need a SpeakPipe, speak pipe, put my teeth back in, account. Alternatively, if audio isn't your thing, 
just send me an email at inside the mix podcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram at inside the mix podcast. Alternatively, like in this episode, you can leave a comment on YouTube and I'll include that as well. And remember to leave a link to where our audience can find you online. And if you're watching this on YouTube, click on the video that has miraculously appeared and watch my video tutorial on what's the difference between pre and post fader sends. Hi, this is Chris from Double Triangle. I'd say my favourite episode of Inside the Mix would be 111. It went over that you don't need to have a clear idea what you're going to do with an email list. Um, you can start it straight away, which was something I was wondering about, so that was really helpful. Um, and generally, there's discussions about music education that I found really interesting. Just a friendly reminder before you go, don't miss out on your free test master at Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my dedicated commitment to quality and that personalised touch. And guess what? It's absolutely free of charge. To claim your free test master now at synthmusicmastering.com or click on the link in the episode description.